You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 111, featuring special guest Shireen Pimentel of Broadway's latest revival of West Side Story. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Actor Aesthetics 2020 Holiday Gift Guide is here, and we are aiming to make shopping for actors and theater kids more personal, thoughtful, and fun. Searching for the perfect gift for your actor friends? Or thinking of supporting small businesses created by artists suffering from the pandemic shutdowns? Well, I have 25 gift ideas any performer or Broadway fan will adore. Just head to actoraesthetic.com slash holidays to shop now. My friends, welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you. This is one of my good friends from my childhood. I met Shireen quite a few years ago, and we will chat about that in the episode. But nonetheless, we have a fabulous guest with us today, Shireen Pimentel. She is currently starring in the Broadway revival of West Side Story as Maria and was recognized for her outstanding performance as an Outer Critics Circle honoree for Best Actress in a Musical. Shireen started performing professionally at a young age when she debuted on Broadway at the age of nine as young Nala in The Lion King. She recently graduated from the Juilliard School in 2020 with a bachelor's degree in vocal performance. In this episode, we chat about how Shireen stalked Disney Channel's website and booked her very first Broadway show, what her college audition process was like and why she chose Juilliard, how she made it through the insane audition process for West Side Story, and why she's choosing to manifest greatness. I loved recording this episode, so without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. So Shireen and I have known each other for how long? At least, it's at least got to be like 10 years. That's disgusting. Shereen, I know that you grew up very close to the city. You grew up in New Jersey. So tell me how you initially got involved in performing. That path, I'd say, was like quite simple at first of just like performance in general. My parents just put me in dance class. I think, you know, like you have a child who's like bouncing off the walls and you don't exactly know what to do with them. Um, and they have this like very larger than life personality. You're like, so what do I, I'm just going to put them on stage. <laughs> Hopefully they like it. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> My parents are like, yeah, she likes dancing. So uh, I spent like all my free time dancing like truly all the the things that we say of like oh I'm so sorry I can't because of like tech rehearsal before it'd be like oh I'm so sorry I have dance class like I just I just wouldn't go anywhere then I transitioned slightly of like my parents they're they are incredibly supportive of like nobody in my family does theater or Mm -hmm. performing in any manner but they used to take me to the ballet because I was obsessed with 
ballet and going to see the ballet. So like their, their like six-year-old child is like, I want to go to the ballet. So that's what we did. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, I want to go see a musical. Because to me, like performance is the same. Like yeah. being on stage was all the same thing. You basically, in my mind, you had the same facility to do. If you could do one thing, you could do all the things. Um, so we saw a few different shows. I remember we shot, uh, we saw Chicago and Beauty and the Beast um, and Rent. I was the only child in the audience when it closed. Yes, I was. Because my parents, like, I was obsessed with Rent. And they were like, yeah. okay, we have some tickets. We'll take her. And my mom says, like, to this day, like, people gave her dirty looks for taking her, like, and then we saw The Lion King and that was like my first experience of like seeing a kid on stage. Like it's mm-hmm. not for very long, but um, that's when I was like, oh, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is so funny because the evil laugh, because I think in one of your interviews, you were talking about how you straight up stalked the Disney website. Yeah. Like for months until yeah. you get that because you didn't have an agent, I imagine, at this point. Yeah, I didn't know anything about theater, like, completely. All I knew about was, like, the um, School of American Ballet. Like, I knew about that, and I knew that, like, you could audition for that as a kid, and and you could do, you know, you could dance. So I was like, cool, that'd be fun. And I was doing, I was in um, Alvin Ailey pre-professional track at that time, and, like, so it's all dance. So to me, I was like, there's got to be some kind of audition somewhere, right? Like, they have to have, like, kids in the show so they yeah. don't just like magically appear yeah. like you have to find and this them. is a, hey this is a really great time for kids because there were quite a few shows that were using kids at this time like I know Lion King yeah. Les Mis um Matilda started becoming popular and Mary Poppins was popular back then so Mary Poppins was big we also had back then it was Billy Elliot was a really Billy Elliot thing. too yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there was a lot of girls going in and out tap dancing like crazy yeah. and you know working on that kind of show and I decided that I was like, I'm going to be in the show. And I did stock the Disney Channel website. And I want to say like six months, six to nine months after like stocking it every single day, I found an audition and I went. (laughs) Do you remember that audition process? I hope you do. do. You find this audition. It's an open call probably. Yes. Yeah. Harlem. I think at the Apollo, right? Yep. At the Apollo. Yeah. Yep. So um, the line wrapped around the block uh my dad was really great and he went out the night before and stood online so I was number 23 like out of like 500 people I was number 23 which was insane so that I could sleep (laughs) and go the next morning um I showed up I was in the first group I remember I bought the cd when we bought cds Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I bought the lion king cd Mm-hmm. um learned I just can't wait to be king and I was like um this is it <laughs> I'm going to audition for this show <laughs> and I truly learned it by like just listening to the song I was like I got it I mean at that point you know you have a lot of young kids I imagine zero of them had uh, any sort of professional training that you do now where you know how to approach an audition so were they asking you to come in with like a 16 bar cut they take a whole group of kids they have all these poster boards up with the lyrics to I just can't wait to be king and they basically like round like go around and almost like popcorn this thing and they'll just like point to where you start and you just start singing 
that's how that happens and then and then they call out some numbers and they're like okay everybody else is done bye no so that's all they do like it's not there's no acting there's no like Mm -hmm. there's no like what's your training or your own cut it truly is I just can't wait to be king on like a few poster boards did you go through a callback process for this one I did uh right after that though they called up all of our parents um our parents got handed like our full packet and they were like great she is a callback for such and such a day I can't remember when I had it I think it was like a week or two later um and then I was I was in there for a few months just like auditioning auditioning um and then we had one final callback but this wasn't for Broadway it was for Las Vegas this is when they were first opening Las Vegas so they call the whole group of us in and they're like, hey, guys, you guys didn't book it, but we really like you. So you're going to come back in six months. I'm like, all right. Okay. Sure. Why <laughs> not? Like, I mean, you were probably I know that you eventually made your debut when you were nine. So you were probably eight, nine years old when you were going through this process. And like what was going yeah. through your mind? Because I'm, I'm sure you were still in school and still in public school, living the life. And <laughs> like, I, you know, obviously you get sad, like. I that to me was like the ultimate I was like that's my dream like that's what I want to do so it's a little sad but it was also kind of nice to get not like a full it wasn't like you're done we don't want you to be in the shows like we do just like you need some time so I started Mm -hmm. actually taking voice lessons and taking acting lessons and like actually trying to do the thing because I didn't before I really interesting that you say that because had you had gotten it immediately perhaps you wouldn't have gotten into so involved in the training aspect of it um yeah yeah I think so and I think also just like having the full experience of doing it I realized that like there was just a lot I wanted to learn and needed to learn but like I also remember in one of my callbacks they were like oh you're supposed to option up here I was like I don't I don't know what you're asking me (laughs) And they were like, Like, what kid? They're like, look at this note. And I was like, okay. They were like, can you read music? I was like, no. And then they played on the piano. They were like, can you sing this? I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I sang it. They were like, great. Just know that that's the note you need to sing every time you come in. I was like, you got it. That's Uh, it. You know, like (laughs) it truly is because they, you, you do learn a lot. Um, obviously with training, but then also just on the job, (laughs) they teach you how to do it. What happened when you finally got that call? Like, did they call your parents or like, how did you find out officially that you were going to be dating? Yeah. So six months pass, I get a call like, hey, we're going to have you come for this like training session. Back then it was called Cub School. So it was a whole (laughs) bunch of like cubs show up with their parents and we like spend days together Uh and we like train on being a lion basically <laughs> like that really was what it was it was a thing um uh-huh. and then and it was going quick so right after that they're like you have a final I think it was the next week wow. we had two finals back to back so we had one with the casting director and they kind of like went over what we did in the room there were sh- like quick cuts and then they were like for me it was it was my clothes didn't look very like youthful. I was a very yeah. sparkly child. So I was wearing clothes from Justice that had like yeah, you were. sequins on them. <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, no, let's not wear those next time. <laughs> so we truly went shopping like that night, to, like find me new clothes. Cause I didn't have anything that looked like yeah normal so uh I showed up the next day they put us in pairs which my pair ended up we both got cast together and then the girl right after us she got cast all three of us and then someone on the tour came came and uh completed our four Mm -hmm. um 
yeah. So then we did our next audition and I did it once. And then they're like, okay, everyone's good to go except Shireen, like come back. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know why, like, <laughs> uh-huh. sure, I'll try. Um, and they're like, sing the song again for us. So I was like, okay. So I sang it and they're like, great, step outside. I was like, yeah. So I stepped outside and they're like, so you can't tell anybody, but like, you've got the job. Like we can't, like, we're not supposed to tell you, but like, you got it can you take off your braces because I had braces at the time I was like oh yeah what do you what do you think I'm gonna say no like I'm gonna say <laughs> no I um actually I'd prefer to keep on my braces and not take the job I was like yeah, absolutely I can <laughs> so and that's how I knew like I I wasn't one who got a call since I was like the last one that day they just kind of told me and magical though because you, yeah. you don't usually get that experience you know live in person they don't usually tell you that that's like such that's like out of a movie you know yeah uh, yeah it's so funny you know they were telling you because they were like hey can you get your braces off like, that's literally what it was <laughs> was there ever a conversation with your parents about the possibility of going on tour or relocating to another city for this or was where were your parents more concerned about y'all staying there in new york and continuing with schooling there yeah we never had the direct conversation. I think if I had gotten it, we would have moved. Like, yeah. my family, they, but our whole really family supportive. wouldn't have, like, yeah, we wouldn't have uprooted our entire lives. But I think that, like, I would have probably moved with, like, my mom. And my brother and dad would have, like, stayed here for as yeah. long as I was there. And then I would have moved back or something like that. Or even on tour. As long as I was able to continue my education like no matter where that was done it didn't have to be done here it just needed to be done somewhere so also the idea of like there are tutors there are this there like that was always a a thought and we just knew that like as long as I could continue and and you know move on from middle school get a high school diploma like they were good for me to kind of go wherever it would take Mm. me from the time that you performed on Broadway to when you eventually went to college, yeah, were you, I imagine, you know, you were getting more serious about your career as a performer because you had now made your Broadway debut. And I know that you had wanted to do this for your entire life. Was there a point there where it was a hard balance between balancing school and this is even before Juilliard and your West Side Story craziness of finishing out your your time there but I'm talking about like you know in high school and middle school like was there a time where you were struggling either to balance going to auditions and school or what? I auditioned quite a little bit after The Lion King as mm-hmm. I said, Billy Elliot, that was one show that I was going in for a lot. Yeah. And at that time they called my agent and they were like, hey, how tall is she? Mm-hmm. I kind of shot up like right after The Lion King and I was yeah. like 5'1". Wow. And as the kid, you're, you can't be 5'1". It's done for you. At that point, we were like, okay, being like a professional kid is done. Um, and I was really, really sad about it because I love working. I call it work because I I don't see it as like something that's a burden. I call it work because I think that people um, have this misnomer that like what we do is a hobby. So like that it's not to be taken seriously. And we just so happen to make money by also doing this thing. And it's no, it's a job just like every other job. I just really like my job. At that time, I was really sad about it because I I loved that life. I loved something that moved a mile a minute. Um, but I did know that there was a lot I needed to learn. And so I did a lot of training, I'd say. Yeah. And 
it wasn't hard to balance that because of the same way that I kind of grew up of like, I was willing to sacrifice so many things because I knew like where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got through middle school, which I feel like is a blur, like I don't really remember it. Like most of this was happening in middle school. Like I, I did the Lion King that passed. I was auditioning mm-hmm. a little bit. I was trying to figure out where like I was supposed to lie. And then I knew that I needed to train. So I joined a professional choir for a while because I was like I need to learn how to sing with other people right like I can sing by myself sure but I I can't sing with others like I just can't my ears like don't because I learned by ear as a kid I will pick up whatever I can hear so I was like okay I need to be able to learn how to like sing my own thing and have other things happening next to me and not go and be with those people which is still something that's very very hard for me like I love picking Mm -hmm. up by ear it's so fast I can do it within a few minutes and be like okay great I'm done Mm -hmm. we learned it but like you know a musical is way more intricate than that I'll be like you're in the middle harmony you're like what what is that I love that I I do (laughs) love that you brought up the the height conversation because I really I really connect with that when I so my sister, right, was so little when she was growing up. And so she was like prime, right, for all that stuff. Yeah. And I was so jealous because I was I was like, God, like I am 5'3 in eighth grade. This can't happen. I started doing more commercial stuff because I couldn't do theater because mm-hmm. no one would take me seriously as a kid on stage. I was way too tall. Yeah. So I, man, the height is so, so out of our control. But that happens to just about every kid. And you start to look like a teenager, but they don't hire teenagers because they, hire they have to hire. Yeah. They have to because once you get into the working laws idea, then they have to hire two teenagers. Yeah. To find two teenagers that are that tall that look that way, they're like, no, but I can hire one adult. I'm curious, did you end up going through some sort of, I guess, what you consider like the traditional college audition experience? I did. I went to Juilliard for pre-college for three years. So my entire high school experience, like I didn't do any musicals or anything because Mm -hmm. I was at Juilliard every Saturday. And then college came around and I had made a pact with everyone in my life that I was going to audition for all musical theater except Juilliard for voice. (laughs) And it's like, that is my compromise. Well, and and Manhattan School of Music for voice, but they had Uh musical theater as well. So I was like, you know, but that was my compromise. Basically, I was like, I will do this one. And I get the rest and then I get to pick. So I'm going to go wherever I want to. (laughs) So I like trained for it. I was one of the MTCA kids back when MTCA was just kind of like being a thing, which was super exciting. Yeah, I had the full experience, the full like many, many monologues and many, many songs. I didn't end up going to Unifieds because that day I was going, we had a terrible snowstorm. But I was really lucky I had gotten into a few of the schools I really liked academically so I kept thinking Mm. like if I don't get in for theater at least I could go academically for a year re-audition and maybe get into one of those programs as well because we just didn't have our our decisions back yet so I was like all right it's it's not going to be terrible if I don't go to unifieds because some of the things I some of the places I want to go I can go um but I remember being so upset because that was the one experience I did miss was unifieds and I always Mm. hear about it but I'm always like I didn't get to go to that one but I did get the whole going to schools, went to Boston, yeah, at Boco, yeah. and did that whole thing. And, um, you know, Common App and, and making my list and figuring out where I wanted to go and why and all that kind of stuff. You get into Juilliard and then 
obviously the school is incredible, but what, what for you was behind the decision of going to Juilliard for vocal performance as opposed to another one of those schools for musical theater? Yeah, I really didn't want to go. Like I really strongly did not want to go. <laughs> I believe in like being honest about school. And, and I think that all institutions have their flaws. I will yes. always believe that, right? And, and yeah. no matter what program you go to, like they're never going to be perfect. But it's good to be honest, especially with the people who want to audition and want to come. It's like, make sure that it's right for you. Like at the end of the day, now that I'm older, I really, you know. not that much older, but you know, older. Uh, I've realized that like, it was where I needed to be at the time in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I, but, but you need to decide that you have to like make that decision and, and a, some advice somebody had given me right. Like the day before I made my decision, cause I could mm-hmm. not decide. She said, whatever you pick, you need to do it with both feet. You need to take it and step into the whole thing with both feet. Because if you have one and one, you're never going to feel satisfied. You're always going to be frustrated and upset. And your life doesn't have to be this, right? You don't have to sing opera for the rest of your life. But wherever you go, you need to do it head first, both feet in and do it. And I ended up actually going because... For me, when I was walking out of the building, I remember my mom had been like, I didn't get to go to the financial aid seminar, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you really don't need to go there because I'm not coming here. Like, I'm not coming. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I walked out of the building, though, because I, I was a pre-college student, I could scan myself into the building. Like, I, mm-hmm. everyone knew me. I, I could walk around there. It didn't really matter. Um, and as I walked out, I was like, I, I can't imagine, like, handing in my ID right now. Like, I'm not at that point in my life. Like, I don't think that I am done with whatever it is I need from this place. And like, that didn't have to do with like training or anything. I just felt this like spiritual inside feeling of like, I'm not finished. And I got in and I was like, I need to follow whatever that is. Like, Mm. and that doesn't mean it wasn't hard for me. Like, I, I will tell every person, like my freshman year was hard because I watched all my friends do musical after musical doing auditions doing like summer stock doing all this stuff that I like always dreamed of doing when I left high school and that wasn't my life and I didn't know how to at the time make it my life like I didn't know how to mix the two yet um and then I I obviously figured that out but I also figured out like now that I've graduated that I went there because of the people I needed to be around those people I think like as actors we study people for our entire lives we want to be and Mm -hmm. inhabit other beings lives we find them fascinating and so then we want to bring them to light for other people so I felt like being at the school I wanted to be around those people and understand them you can't fully understand another human being, but uh, understanding, especially like the drama students, I remember being like, I want to be friends with all the drama students, which I ended up being, but like not on purpose. (laughs) They really are just great people, but Uh it's what made them them, like what made them accepted to Juilliard. And at the end of the day, like there was not, the only common factor I found was that Mm -hmm. they were themselves whatever that meant, like they were authentically themselves. And like, it did not matter what even faculty at Juilliard wanted them to be like, they were them. And I, I think we like strive our whole lives, especially like 
in this profession trying to be that, trying to leave ourselves alone and be ourselves and not care about like what the outcome is later on. And so I watched all these people go through, again, an institution that needs different things and 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 needs mm-hmm. to also be worked on it's great to go there it's great to meet some insanely talented people but I watch these people navigate their lives and still be authentically themselves and then blossom into new people not in a bad way not changing themselves but blossom into who they were supposed to be as people as they grew up and and that is why I needed to be there at the end of the day and, and that's why I ended up going for some reason, there was something that told me that that's what I needed to learn. And then I learned that from watching other people and then like learned it within myself and, and had other people tell me that. And, and that's what I needed when I did West Side as well, of just like leaving myself alone and being authentically myself. And I think that we learn them at different times in our lives. You had said that you were frustrated because you did miss that side of yourself. You did, you know, going from vocal performance, you did miss that side of yourself in musical theater. However, how do you feel as though your training at Juilliard, specifically in vocal performance, has mm-hmm. helped you now as you continue to pursue your career in this industry? Yeah, um, it really helped in the way of like, I looked at it always as I was doing a performance, a vocal performance degree, because like I wanted to learn how to use my voice. Yeah. Um, not just in opera, but in general. So I always say like when I do opera people are like you're so musical theater and when I do musical theater people are like you're You're so so opera opera. (laughs) and when I do pop music they're like you're so musical theater I'm like no all a lot what it is is just tell me like what what's the general vibe of the song that you're looking for and I can make that you just need Mm -hmm. to tell me what that vibe is that you're looking for once I get that I'm like oh I can make that for you and that was what I that's what I got at the end was like being able to create whatever I want Mm -hmm. and I think that's always what I wanted (laughs) I'm I'm I I picked also musical theater um because I always wanted to work for myself right everybody does nobody wants a boss nobody wants to like you know (laughs) we want to work for ourselves or like I'm great I can dictate my own life um so I like that opportunity to be able to be like I can do absolutely whatever I want and Mm -hmm. and there's no possibility of someone telling me I can't because if they say it I can be like okay let me prove you wrong for a second um and and I love doing that I think it also taught me specifically from doing vocal performance of like me as a person how to advocate for myself and advocate for what I really need at the end of the day um and that's why I say like at the time I really didn't know how to mix what I love and what I do now with doing my degree And then as time went on, I was like, I like musical theater. That's what I like to do, folks. Give me that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And when I finally, like, actually said that out loud to people, the opportunities, like, just popped up everywhere. And I was doing every random gig under the sun. And I was like, wait, that's all I had to do this whole time? That's why I say, like, these, like, wild epiphanies come to you in random times in your life of, like, you just need to, you pick and you tell people what you want. Yes. Um, and I think that we in our lives, like, look at it as like, but but that's what I want. But like, maybe that's not possible. Sure, maybe it's not. But who's to say, like, you can't, you, you can't decide something um, for other people. I was, I was in a class recently and listened to someone and they said, don't we want it so that someone looks at it and is like, 
let me find the perfect pair for you instead of you casting the show and then you being like oh well I don't fit so and so like why don't you walk in and be like I'm perfect for this now go find people to fit around me like why don't we do that in our lives um and I was like wait (laughs) main character of your own story you know what I'm talking about main character energy exactly so that's why I I I learned that I really learned to advocate for myself because I ended up doing these just wild events I I I like sang the national anthem for like John Lennon's stamp unveiling like the U.S. Postal Service puts out these like collector's item stamps Hmm. and they asked Juilliard they're like hey can we get like a musical theater voice who else was gonna go do it? Like, I was the only person who was like shouting from the rooftops, like, I like musical theater. So they gave me this job. And now in my apartment, well, now somewhere in my house, I have this like frame of commemorative stamps that I own and like Yoko Ono has and his son. And then the guy who like took the photo and that's it. Like, we're the only ones who own this thing. insane to me I was like a junior in college I was like 19 or 20 when I did this and I was like ah this is cool and like took a picture with Yoko Ono and like it was great (laughs) but like like, something like that wouldn't have happened unless I was like hey I like musical theater Mm -hmm. then like after that happened anytime it said theater I had it I had so many jobs at that time because I was doing so much. Well, because you were putting you were putting the right energy out into the world. Like you were you were attracting that. And I think that's yeah. really important. And I hope that people are taking this time during the pandemic to really fixate on what they want and to put start putting that energy out as opposed to oh like I need this job, I need this job, I need this job. It needs to be more of exactly what that person said, which was go into the room and say, this is my job and help <laughs> pick the people around me. You know, that's yeah. so powerful. And that's hard to, that's a hard lesson to learn as, as an artist, because you're often on the other side. You get to the end of your, your time at Juilliard and an audition for West Side pops up. I, <laughs> I had made a pact <laughs> with myself that I was going to sign with an agent by my junior year. Okay. I was like, this was my plan in my brain. I was like, I'm going to sign with an agent my junior year, my senior year, I'm going to audition and then I'm going to pop out and I'm going to have a job. Boom. Okay. This is how, this was, it, which like anytime that I actually like put those kinds of things into the universe, that's why I really believe in like po- power of positive. Things. I have to start doing this. <laughs> like, are you kidding? I usually don't do something like that because I'm, you know, like it's, it's sometimes it's hard to really put those yes. thoughts down because you think, oh, it won't happen. It won't happen. But no, I you have that. to, when you do it, all the way from when I was like in the Lion King, my mom one day told me like, write down, yeah, like write that you want to be into the Lion King, like write it in words and like uh-huh. say it out into the universe, it'll happen. And it did. And I was like, wow. And nowadays when I even think, as you said, like we all are like, I need a job, I need a job. It's a pandemic. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Um, and sometimes I forget that, right? When we're yeah. like in the hustle and bustle of everything. But at that time, I was so frustrated, and I was like, I want a job, I want to do musical theater, yeah! Um, and I happened upon a program with the Growing Studio. I ended up doing this program called the Link Program, yeah. which, like, kind of catapulted everything. Um, yeah, it was kind of the domino effect of I did it. We, I was in the first class of that program. 
after doing it for about two weeks, I ended up with my agent a month later. We like met through that program and did the whole like talking and courting and all that kind of fun jazz for a month. Um, And then we were like, let's do this. And they were like, you're in college. Like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to finish my degree. And to this day, I talked to them and they're like, we thought you were absolutely insane. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, they were like, she's either going to drop out or something's going to happen. I was doing all these crazy auditions. I was getting so many callbacks. I also was at a place Mm -hmm. in my life that I was like, I have nothing to lose, right? I have everything to gain and nothing to lose at this point because I'm still in school and I have all this time. So I signed with them my junior year. I'm like, great, plans on target, here we go. (laughs) Um, And I was auditioning for all this stuff and I remember my mom getting really nervous sometimes because I'd get like a national tour or something Mm -hmm. and she'd be like, I don't want you to leave school. I want you to finish your degree. And I was like, mom, let me just go and do it. Like if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. If it's not, that's okay. Like as long as I did a good audition for these people, hopefully they'll call me for something later. We have almost another like year and a half for me to find a job. So we've got time to just keep auditioning. Um, And then, but you also start getting nervous of like, is my agency going to drop me? Which no, they're amazing. They were not like, (laughs) I love my guys. I love them all. I love my girl. They're amazing. Um, So there was really no reason for me to worry about that. But all of us as actors were worried about everything. And I remember I was in the summer. I got no jobs, Mm. no summer stock, no nothing. I'm, I'm a, I'm a union member. So I'm a college student as a union member with literally like one Broadway credit. But I auditioned for City Center on course off center. And I was in for that for promenade for that show. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say four or five times. I made it all the way to the end of it. There were it was between me and the girl who ended up playing the role. Um, (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know, um, which we're like, both we both have the same agency. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, She's really nice, (laughs) really nice person. So I remember like I was going on a European tour and my agents for the entire week that I was doing rehearsal for this European tour, I had an audition. So we booked my mother drove from Juilliard to Midtown Manhattan in five minutes flat. Five. <laughs> I had exactly 10 minutes to get to an audition. I got there within five for one of these on my lunch break. And truly, oh. I showed up to one of my days in like sweatpants and like a white dress. Like it was, <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> so on the last day I had West Side, the day before that, I ended up booking Roadshow yeah. um, at City Center in the mm-hmm. ensemble. And I was like, I got a job. Yeah. I was like, yes, I got a summer job. Like, this is something, this is like forward movement. Like, no matter what happens, this this is right. Mm-hmm. And the next day I had Westside and I was like, there's no way they're giving me this job. <laughs> For some reason, the sides like were not sticking in my head. I said, hours on them and they just wouldn't stay and I was like this is the worst I'm just gonna try my best um the day of west side I also had to fly I was going to JFK flying to London so like it was a full day um we had a whole system where like my my suitcases were in my mom's car because I was supposed to get on a bus with everybody but if the audition took too long my mom had to like text them to like go to JFK she was gonna drive me to JFK from Telsey it was crazy so I get to Telsey, obviously, like, you know, as auditions do, they were running behind. I'm sitting there like, oh, Sweating no. for 
I have like the one the one memory I post all the time is like this <laughs> video of me and like my book on my lap that's like I have an audition at 4 p.m., but I'm supposed to be at JFK, like, right <laughs> after. I also, like, wasn't doing very great at, like, research back then. Mm. So I remember the music director walking out and somebody being like, that's Alex Gimignani. I was like, who? Who is that? <laughs> and they were like, Alex Gimignani. And I was like, okay. <laughs> great. And I walked in. <laughs> And there's this guy, obviously, <laughs> Alex, my, like, favorite human being in the whole world now, um, who just was spectacular. And we worked like crazy on on uh, some of the songs. And that's when I knew that, like, this was a very different version we were doing. It was a very different show. It was, like, really interesting. And I was just like this is fun. And, you know, hopefully they liked me. I think they did. I gotta go though. Yeah. I did two songs and one scene and I left and I was auditioning for the understudy standby. And I was like, peace. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everybody. Like I, I'm, I'm sure you've already booked your Maria. Like yeah. thanks for seeing me though. I'm out four days into me being into Europe. I like got an email. I'm in France long story short we took like a train from we, yeah we took like a train from London to Paris mm-hmm. and we got in such bad traffic so we were all exhausted and starving mm-hmm. nighttime I don't speak French <laughs> I have a bunch of friends and we're just kind of like parlez-vous anglais and they're like no <laughs> we're like okay and I get this email that's like hey um can you talk like about West Side? I was like, sure. My friends are like, what have you booked West Side Story? I'm like, there's no way. I had one audition. And my agent told me that I I mm-hmm. was getting called back for the role. Like they hadn't booked the role yet. And that they wanted to kind of like change my track. And I was like, okay. Great. And he was like, they asked if you could come back early, but I told them no. Like I will get in so much trouble. Like they'll kill me. <laughs> So he was like, he was like, all right, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I told him that already. I was like, great, great, great. So I ended up like right at the end of my uh trip, they sent me the last scene where like Maria's like mm-hmm. bawling her eyes out. They're like, yeah, learn this for the last audition. And I came back home and went through the whole like <laughs> callback process and everything. Oh, um, but at the end of the day, it only took me a month and two auditions, and I booked the show really quickly now that the pandemic shuttered live theater what did that do to your your training at Juilliard because I know you were still going through you were going back and forth between Juilliard and and your shows so um you ended up finishing your degree during the pandemic yeah I got my degree mailed to me I now have a bachelor of music and vocal performance it's exciting you know I I always wanted to go to college always wanted to graduate from college I I was definitely sad because I always wanted to walk I I did get to go to every single commencement and the way they send us off is, is just so special in the way that they, I don't, I don't don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, there's this like electricity within Alice Tully Hall and, and Mm -hmm. you know that people are going to do like great things. They're going off to do, and that doesn't mean like conventionally great, like, people are going off to record albums and release Mm -hmm. them. People are going to compose things or play somewhere, sing, dance, or just create, go and end up being like the head of some kind of program. Some people go and be doctors. Like it doesn't, they don't have to even end up in 
performance, but you know that there's something special that's like leaving. I did miss that part, but um, yeah, I finished it. What are you doing right now to keep busy and to keep to keep sane during this time? Yeah, um, I think it's different every every day, every month. I I fell into like the pandemic slum of like yeah. video games and not getting up until like one o'clock and and doing all that kind of stuff um, at the beginning, and then every so often I get like a jolt of energy to do and to create. Um, but I'm 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 working on my manifesting that I always work on, which is like I think I fell into the same trap that we all did, which was like it sounds so sad, but like despair. We were like, yeah. no, it's all gone. Yeah. Um, and it's different than every single industry because like it really is gone. I'm working on releasing some music, which is exciting. Um I've been doing a lot of shopping, to be honest, like, <laughs> you know, my, my savings depleted <laughs> over these last few months. And, but I'm also taking class. I told my mom the other day, like, I really don't think that there's ever like a status place or like, yeah. like, ah, you're in West side. So now you like, don't need to take like class musical theater. Nah. I, I think you still take it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think you can pick what what you love and what you think maybe is is good for you and and have fun navigating through that and then also like changing up mediums like I'm sure that there was going to be a conversation at some point with with my representation of like TV and film and all that yeah. stuff but then it like when my contract was getting ready to uh come up but now that that process has 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 jolted a lot earlier than I was expecting so I need to figure out within myself of like where I think I fit what makes sense and then start manifesting within myself to feel confident to do it because again it's something I've never done like yes I did John Mulaney sack lunch bunch but I was just myself it was me singing (laughs) you know what I mean like it's it's not me taking over a role or doing any of that kind of stuff so um working on that really and and trying my best we're going to end this off with a with a cute little fun lightning round segment. We're just going to do a little this or that or uh, some of your favorites. And um, yeah, it's just top of your head. You ready? Singing or dancing? Singing. Plays or oh. musicals? Musicals. Contemporary musical theater or golden age? Contemporary. Ooh. First Broadway show you saw? I don't know. This is the problem that we really have. I think it might be Beauty and the Beast, but I can't remember. Good possibility. It. Good possibility. Yeah. yeah. So the first one then would be Chicago. <laughs> Very <laughs> defining. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, last Broadway show you saw. Yeah. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? A musical that made you laugh. Oh, wow. Um, no, that made me cry. <laughs> I was thinking of. I saw company That's, also. Right I was before. just going to say, I was just going to, well, the next question was musical <laughs> that made you cry. So, <laughs> so company, it's so good. Company. So good. And, and there's never been an iteration in my lifetime in professional theater. So here it is. I was like, here it is. It's so good. I'm and, so jealous you got to But see it, it also makes me laugh though. I can't lie. Like Jennifer Smart is hilarious. <laughs> she is. And lastly, musical theater idol. Audra. I McDonald's. knew it. Oh, yeah. we love her. We love her. <laughs> Have 
you ever gotten really... to have you ever gotten to beat her no we're getting there we're we're, we're slowly getting closer close um i was a part of a gala that that uh she hosted mm. over quarantine we did like the covenant house sleep out yeah and then we were in a magazine together and i think we were on like we were on like pages next to each other like that's the same epic or something and i was like we're getting so close <laughs> i was like we're just getting closer and closer and then we're just I gonna need, meet. I need someone to write a musical that features you playing her daughter. I need this to happen. Like, I need Light it. Lighten the piazza. <laughs> okay, well, I guess they already wrote that for you, so great. <laughs> but no, I agree. I, she's just amazing. I met, I did meet her like once, like way before when I was younger and totally yeah. stage for her. I love how quickly you said Lighten the piazza. You've thought about this. Oh yeah, I've thought you about thought. it heavily. My friend was like, hear me out and he was like light in the piazza you and audra and ever since he said that i literally <laughs> want to like, like i want to make a sign and like drive through new york city with it on like 24 7 so somebody will see it and make it happen um oh wow we're gonna make <laughs> it yes. happen you said it out yeah. loud you're manifesting it it's gonna exactly that's i, I keep trying i keep trying <laughs> If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.